One of the big headlines, of course, we've been talking about today is the, well, we got a good look as to what the province looks like financially, where the direction is that we are starting to go. And uh, you get a mix of cuts, tax relief, affordability, um, low income earners will get tax breaks. If you make under 30 grand, you will not pay provincial income tax at all. So that saves about $850 a year. They have canceled uh, a liberal tax that would have increased taxes on the wealthy because they, of course, are evil villains and must be punished for everything in life. They have lifted rent controls on new units in the attempt to increase construction and then got rid of things like vote subsidies. And uh, if you like your booze, you'll be able to get it because now we are adults here in the province. So seven days a week, you can get your booze 9 to 11 p.m. But the budget uh, does not talk about that deficit and what we are going to do with that. It didn't exactly go much lower. So we are projecting the budget at $14.5 billion. So there'll be a lot of anger on one side, a lot of optimism on the other. But I want to get Christine Van Gyne into this. She's the Ontario Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Hello there. Hi, thanks for having me on. What grade do you give uh, today's financial statement? I would say that this is a B-plus financial statement, which is uh, the highest I've ever given a rating for a financial statement from a government since I've held this job. Um, basically, the, the reason I like it is I like the tone of respect for taxpayers. I like the fact that the government has still managed to cut the deficit by $500 million. Not huge, but they're doing that while bringing in tax savings for consumers. Um, the, the lower income uh, tax cut, the elimination of cap and trade, um, all of these things are really good and important initiatives. And the government is pursuing these cost-saving measures while still managing to reduce the, the deficit a small amount. Now, the reason it's not an A is because the government isn't really reducing the deficit. Yeah. And they don't have a plan in the financial um, fall economic statement that they released today of whether or not they'll actually achieve balance within their mandate. That needs to be in the budget in the spring. Yeah, and look, it's a big job, no question, a lot of heavy lifting, but it would it would it would mean draconian cuts that no one apparently wants. And so I don't see that kind of disappearing. I'm hoping to God it gets into a controllable uh, or at least not as a gross amount. Um, but, you know, uh, let's start with the um, the provincial income tax cut to those who are making under $30,000. A lot of people will say, you know, we should have the extra wage increase, but they'll also want that provincial income tax cut. So how do you see this um, as a give to business and a give to those making low income? Well, I think it's, it's a give. Bo- both are gifts to, to low-income people because you're better off paying less income taxes and still having a job when the when the last government brought in the really um quick quick um increase to minimum wage a huge number of people in ontario who are at the minimum wage level lost their jobs and you're definitely better off having a job and paying less tax than not having a job, but if you had one, maybe you'd earn a little bit more. So um, this is this is great news. I think everyone deserves a tax cut. People um, in the the low income group definitely can use eight hundred and fifty dollars more in their pocket every year. So this is a great move by the government. Well, one of my listeners, Rocky uh, Skigaglia. 
Rocky, I'm not going to say his last name because I'm going to insult him, but Rocky writes that it's going after going after the minimum wage workers is targeting the low-hanging fruit. And a lot of people will look at it that way, saying, you know, life is unaffordable. So how do you expect to survive if you can't get a boost? I happen to like the tax cuts. I think that's a better way to do it. But what do you say to a guy like Rocky? I, I'm not quite sure I understand. He says it's low-hanging fruit. I mean, shouldn't we pursue low-hanging fruit? Shouldn't we pursue policies that are going to help a large number of people that are not especially costly? And this this isn't. We're not increasing the the basic minimum exemption for everyone in Ontario. This is this is just. Uh, I think the cost of this to the budget is something like 470 million dollars, which, you know, that that's a good amount of money. But this is really going to help a lot of people for. For people who are making less than $30,000 a year, $850 is a lot of money. Yeah, and let's talk a little bit about the rent control because that's also getting a lot of attention. Um, They have taken the rent control off of new units that are being built. And a lot of people are saying, well, hold on a second. There's not, you can't find anything. And when you do find something, it is staggeringly expensive and this will do nothing to protect those people. Yeah, so I think a, a lot of cities have tried rent control and it always results in something like this with with a shortage of units available and the units that are available end up being really expensive. I, I, I mean, I, I'm baffled that the government pursued that policy when we've, we've seen how it has worked out in other cities around the world. Um, I understand that the government can't eliminate it right away. Um, they say they're not interested in eliminating it at all. But doing something like making um, an exemption for new um, listings on the rental market uh, will encourage more units to go onto the market. If you have a property and you're not able to make money on it because of rent control, why are you even going to offer go through the trouble of listing it for rent? Um, it will encourage more people to to invest in rental properties that they can actually make money on them. So, yeah, and then there's the other you know the other argument that you know if you get more buildings and, and built and put in, then you create more opportunity. Therefore, if you've got spaces open, then you can lower prices because people will be competing to bring you into their rentals. Yeah, so I mean, the government has a lot of tools in their toolbox that they're going to need to use to um, make Ontario, Toronto a more affordable place to live. But I mean, they're limited by the fact that it's a desirable city to live in, and you really can't change that. And I don't think you should want to change the fact that a lot of people want to live in Toronto. So yeah. um, to some degree, they're they're limited with what they can do. Um, building more is is a good a good way to achieve that, but. Um, because after all, it's, it's basic supply and demand. But um, you know, there are there are limits to mm-hmm. to what what how how big the city can grow. Um, they really need to emphasize that, though. Yeah. Well, we'll see. And, and just uh, no, I don't have time. I'm going to hit the wall if I ask you another question. So I will leave it there, Christine. But thank you. Okay. Well, thanks for having me on. That is Christine Van Gyne looking at the dollars and cents. So she's not giving them a failing grade, didn't give them an A+. But the one thing I think it does is signals to the credit agencies that we're starting to move in the right direction. And maybe that will stave off another downgrade, which, by the way, would be disastrous. So we've got to kind of get back to a place of some stability. I'm Alex Pearson. This is On Point here on Global News Radio.